It's two programs moving in seemingly opposite directions right now as the men team is kind of imploding. The women's team has everything going their way. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day. I want to thank LinkedIn Jobs for sponsoring today's episode. They help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. It was not a fun start to basketball on Sunday. An early tip off for IU and they look like they did not wake up for this game. They fall to Northwestern 84 to 83 and it is not good to say the least with IU right now. They are 10 and 5 overall, but those 5 losses have come in their last 8 games. They're 1 and 3 in Big 10 play. They looked a mess for a good chunk of Sunday's game. 84-83 is a remarkably generous scoreline for IU. That was not a one-point game. IU did well to fight back in the final, I don't know, two, three minutes, but you they were awful for the other 37, 38, 39 minutes. So that is... It just wouldn't cut it, and it was shocking to see IU come out the way it did at home against a pretty mediocre Northwestern team. You would have thought they'd have a little bit of energy. They looked awful. So much for figuring out those slow starts. They started fast against um, Iowa, and they looked really good there. There was no big lead to blow in this one. They were the team that got down big. And really, outside of Jalen Hutchifino and Trace Jackson Davis, nobody really showed up for this game. There were moments and spurts and some guys who had roles, but ultimately, this depth that we thought IU had is just not there. It is not showing up in any significant way. In their defense, these are really big roles these guys are being put into, but when Jalen and Trace combined for 51 of your uh, 83 points, and both those guys were unbelievable on Sunday. Jalen, a career high, just shattered his previous career high, 33 points. He did have six turnovers. Some of them were backbreakers, but man, you couldn't have asked more from him. Trace played all 40 minutes, 18 points, 24 rebounds, 24 rebounds again 24 rebounds and eight assists clearly still hobbled by that bad back nobody else was in double digits the rest of the game the guys that stepped in for xavier johnson and race thompson didn't do enough tamar bates had nine points but a lot of that came at the very end of the game when iu made a kind of feeble comeback attempt Jordan Geronimo was, this was one of his worst games in an IU jersey. He only played 10 minutes, no points, three fouls, two rebounds. Malik Renew still has sprinted directly into the rook or freshman wall. He can't get things figured out. He was 
I mean, he had eight points on four or five shooting, but he had four fouls, two turnovers, and just three rebounds. They went to Miller Cop at the four, which was their best option. He was one of two from three. I said on Thursday after the Iowa game, if he's not shooting and making three-pointers, he loses a lot of his value on the court. IU has got to find ways to get him active and involved offensively. But that was just the case with everybody. There was a certain energy level that just was not present in this game that I think was the most disappointing. I will say, I don't think it can be overstated how much losing Xavier and race hurts IU's defense right now. Those are your two best defenders. Xavier is your best perimeter defender. Race is your best interior defender. Without them, it was just a a straight line race to the rim. And Trace was having to try to block shots, which led to dump off passes. Northwestern did a great job of taking advantage of that and getting some easy baskets underneath just with making that little dump off pass because they were just beating their defender and getting to the rim. IU had to go to a zone defense, which I thought was a good adjustment for all the criticism that, Mike Woodson is taking right now. He adjusted in game to that zone defense. He adjusted with more full court pressure. Ultimately, there's only so much you can do. I haven't even mentioned the turnovers, which were absolutely killer as well. 16 turnovers in this one, six of those from Jalen. It's also the manner in which they're having some of these turnovers. They're just very careless passes. And I would that that is backbreaker and Northwestern had 25 points off of those 16 turnovers whereas IU only had six points off seven Northwestern turnovers there's a number of things you can point at here IU was 10 of 14 at the line but at least two of those were the front end of one and ones they all came late which was frustrating as well as I was trying to make this comeback. There were just a lot of little things sprinkled throughout. And the end result is that IU is not in a good place right now. One in three. It's a, about as bad of a start as you could possibly imagine to Big Ten play. This doesn't look anything like the team that beat Xavier or UNC early in the season. Again, to a certain extent, there's going to be a learning curve, some some growing moments with IU forcing guys into bigger roles. I thought CJ Gunn looked good just in terms of bringing an energy level that wasn't there for IU on Sunday, but he was still one of five shooting and didn't offer a lot offensively. Uh, Trey Galloway had some moments making some plays defensively, but again, just three of four shooting. There just needs to be more offensive input from a lot of these guys. And just all around, there needs to be an increased energy level. I don't know what that entails. To be honest, only Jalen and Trace should have solidified starting spots right now. Everybody else, earn it. Go out there and earn it. I would probably insert Trey Galloway for Jordan Geronimo and just go small. Put Miller Cop at the four and just try to to win that way going small, but there's a lot of things that need to improve for IU right now. 
again, I think my biggest takeaway is that I use missing its two best defenders, and they look like a team without much defense right now. And as long as that is a problem, I mean, I use last two Big Ten games, they've given up 91 and 84 points. As much as you want to criticize game plans and offense and everything like that, IU scored 83 points tonight. They scored more than enough points to win on Thursday in Iowa. It's the defense that is the problem right now. Is it time to panic, I guess, as I asked with the title? No, it's still January. It's still the beginning of January. Your margin for error is very small now, though. You have got to start winning games, and this was supposed to be the early uh, or the easy part of the Big Ten schedule. There's not a lot easy about, or they haven't made it look easy, I should say. There's not a lot that they've made look easy about the beginning of this schedule. They have a game at Penn State this week we'll talk about later in the week, but IU is, they put their backs firmly against the wall right now, and they got to start coming back with some answers. And they still have a little bit of time to do it. Penn State and Wisconsin are easier games. Illinois is obviously a bit of a mess right now as they're losing players. And then Michigan State and Minnesota, in terms of relative to the Big Ten, are easier games. And then it's it increases tenfold at that point. IU has about three or four games to figure everything out and get back on track, or it's going to be a really ugly season. We're going to talk more about IU basketball, like I said, Tuesday, get ready for Wednesday's game and whatnot, but a really frustrating start to Sunday. Now, the good news is that the women's basketball team provided a lot of encouragement and positivity because Grace Berger is back. We're going to talk about her return, how that looked for IU, and their huge win over Northwestern on the road on Sunday. Before we do that, let's talk about LinkedIn, our sponsor for today. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. It's a simple process. You head to linkedin.com slash college. You post your job for free. You share it to your profile so all of your connections see it. LinkedIn has screening questions to help you find the right candidates faster. You don't have to uh, cycle through all the candidates for your job. They do it for you. So head on over to LinkedIn Jobs because they help you find those qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Big thanks to you guys for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked on College Basketball. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. See a couple of the comments coming through. Be honest, can we beat Purdue? IU does not need to worry in the least about beating Purdue right now. That is a month away. They need to worry about beating Penn State. And that is, don't worry about Purdue. Purdue is a good team. They're a great team. 
IU has way too many problems of their own. In a month, who knows what this IU team's going to look like. Don't worry about Purdue right now. Um, Trace and Jalen were the only people that could do anything this game, and I agree. It's a shame that we wasted two really, really good performances. Jalen having a huge breakout game, and honestly, if you're looking for a glass-half-full approach, Jalen and Trace, specifically Jalen, the back-to-back games he's had offensively, after kind of being the guy, super encouraging. Trace is unbelievable. He's doing everything you would want an All-American to do. Just phenomenal what he did on Sunday. Not 100%, played all 40 minutes, thoroughly dominated that game in the interior as much as you could ask of him. So super impressive from him. This team has no mental or physical toughness. I wouldn't go that far. That's generalizing a bit i mean you you saw at the end of the game that there is something still there that they were fighting until the very end they threw in a a half court buzzer beater but they got to a point where they nearly one missed free throw and that half court buzzer beater means a lot more or or one made free throw from my use standpoint so i wouldn't go that far but i mean for the opening 10 15 20 minutes on sunday they didn't have a lot of energy i'd say that I don't know that I'd question their toughness necessarily. If you guys want to join in on these conversations, uh, make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube. This is a live show I'm doing on Sunday after the women's game. And speaking of the women's game, Grace Berger is back and it came out of nowhere. It was just last Monday. We mentioned that Terry Morin on her radio show said that this would be a big week in determining when Grace would be back. I mentioned on Friday's episode, this would be an ideal spot to bring Grace back because it's a pretty bad Northwestern team, but we had heard nothing. And then boom, starting lineup graphic tweeted out and Grace Berger is in it. Interestingly, she replaced Sarah Scalia, who had been the starter when Grace was previously healthy. Scalia is in a, a pretty bad shooting slump right now. She moved to the bench. It was only the second time in her career she'd come off the bench. Sydney Parrish stays in the starting lineup. It was not a pretty game, but IU won easily in uh, or at Northwestern. I was going to say in Chicago at Northwestern, seventy-two to fifty. This comes despite them shooting thirty-six point eight percent from the field and thirteen point six percent from three. They were three of twenty-two from three. Good lord! But they were nineteen of twenty-one at the free throw line. They are in a lot of ways everything that the men's team is not. They were solid at the free throw line. They were solid defensively, and that's where they really won this game. They held Northwestern to 35% shooting and 29% from three. They forced 19 turnovers and had 20 points off those turnovers. They had 19 second-chance points off 15 offensive rebounds. They won this game kind of on the margins, basically. They had .98 points per possession, but held Northwestern to .694. They won this game defensively and making things ugly. But Grace Berger had a pretty big role in this game. She looked good. She started. She looked fine. Uh, She hasn't really been assertive at any point this season, so it wasn't necessarily a change in that she didn't really attempt any shots at the beginning of the game. She set up a couple... The... She set up a couple baskets early on. She wasn't on any kind of minutes restriction. She ended up playing... 27 minutes which is maybe a few minutes less but it was a blowout and she checked out of the game early 
she provided IU with the poise that they needed, though. It, that was what was missing for IU in a, a lot of their games. When the opposing team would go on a run, there would be nobody there to really answer it. And specifically in the second half, Northwestern went on a run to close this game to, I think it was 10 or 11 points. Grace comes down and pump fakes on a mid-range shot, draws an and one, makes the shot, hits the free throw, and just comes down and squeezes the life out of this game. A number of possessions in a row, scoring herself, setting, uh, setting others up, getting the offense going the right way, and that specifically is what IU missed with Grace Berger. A lot of that doesn't even translate to stats, though Grace had a season-high 16 points in the game, but it's just her presence and what she, her role in this team, what she brings to this lineup when she's healthy that IU missed. And they did admirable without her, better than I thought they were going to do. But they, this, they needed her. This was a, They needed her on Sunday, and that was a perfect time for her to come back. Mackenzie Holmes is still absolutely incredible. 24 points, 13 rebounds, five of those offensive, was a team-high plus 22 in 31 minutes. It's hard to understate how great she is. We say it every time. She comes out every time and puts up 20 and 10 as a baseline for what you're going to get from her in, in every game. She's been fantastic. At times, IU kind of forced the ball to her a little bit too much, but they also found her with some great feeds inside. IU, Terry Morin does a great job of running some cross screens underneath with her and Garzon that gets Holmes just a little bit of breathing room. And Grace, Chloe Moore McNeil, Sydney Parrish, Scalia, the guards do a great job of finding her, even when she's just a little bit open. They make it work. So it ended up being a comfortable win despite not being a great night offensively. IU also got into a little bit of foul trouble. They committed 18 fouls. They sent Northwestern to the line 17 times, but Northwestern was 7 of 17 at the free throw line. Dodged a little bit of a bullet there. Um, Garzon fouled out. Parrish picked up three fouls pretty early on. Survived the rest of the way. So... All in all, it wasn't pretty, but you get a comfortable win on the road in the Big Ten, and you get Grace back. And those three things, especially that last point alone, you're going to take every time uh, you, you get a chance. So IU improves. I believe they are 14-1 and one now. I did not write the record down. But they bounce back, continue to bounce back from that defeat. They have Maryland on the weekend or later this week on Thursday. So it's a big one that the Hoosiers are going to have. Again, we'll preview that later in the week. Let's finish this up talking some IU football. Boy, what a busy weekend for them. They're just bringing everybody in via transfer. We'll talk about who they've landed, where they come from, give you the rundown on some of that. Bet online though is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds, trends, everything you guys want from the NBA to college bowl season. I guess technically the national title game. Uh, soccer is back in action. College basketball. Everything you guys want is there. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online 
where the game starts. IU football brought in a ton of people. And I was going to try to do some rundowns on these. The segment would have been too long. So we're going to do a little more in-depth rundown later in the week probably. But IU was just name after name after name this weekend. Not surprising necessarily. Uh, The date to have transfer players in the transfer portal to visit, I believe, was the 6th on Friday. IU hosted a lot of these guys that they got commitments from. So it's not surprising they got so many names, but boy, they were bringing everyone in. So let's start out wide. Some of the skill position players, EJ Williams might be one of the biggest uh, players. The Hoosiers have landed in the transfer portal. Uh, Former Clemson wide receiver was involved in his freshman season at Clemson. I believe he caught a touchdown in the ACC title game, but the last two seasons he's faded a little bit and has not had quite as big of a role. So the Hoosiers land him as well as Dequise Carter from Fordham. Now that alone might not bring a lot of excitement, but if you guys go on Twitter, search his name, there were various threads and tweets from his time at Fordham. Boy, does he have the knack for a remarkable catch and and a highlight catch. So adding those two guys, when you already have Cam Camper, theoretically, you already have Donovan McCauley. Hopefully he has a bigger role this season. You have someone like Jalen Lucas who can make moves offensively and be an exciting player. On paper, you're starting to see a little bit of an exciting blueprint archetype however you want to word it uh you're seeing some of that now the problem remains that there is not a quarterback for IU football and they did not get one this weekend and there's not really been any kind of indication that they're going to have one that remains a mystery who's going to play quarterback but they're getting pieces around them including Christian Turner running back from Wake Forest Last two seasons, he's rushed for 1,022 yards with 12 touchdowns. Before that, he was originally at Michigan. He didn't really do a lot there. He only had 64 carries through three seasons. Went on to Wake Forest. Now coming to Indiana where I would assume he's your starter. Him and and Jalen Lucas. I I mean, I would like to start Jalen Lucas. I don't know that the coaching staff would, but... Even if Lucas starts, you've seen how much Tom Allen wants to use uh, multiple running backs. So Turner is going to get some some snaps. I was going to say some minutes. Some snaps in this one. He's not much of a receiving threat. He's only had 14 catches in his career. So maybe that's how you kind of interchange them. Lucas is more as the, the receiving threat. Turner is the more the running threat. But... IU needed a, a starting running back or someone to replace Sean Shivers, and looks like that's it for Turner. IU's also placed a pretty big emphasis on the defensive line already during the transfer portal. They got three more guys this weekend. Linnell Carr, an edge from West Virginia. Marcus Burris, a defensive lineman from Texas A&M. Philip Bleedy, a defensive lineman from Texas Tech. So three guys that are going to bolster a defensive line. Look, that's been kind of an underrated, under-discussed even 
issue with IU in through a lot of Tom Allen's tenure is that the defensive line just doesn't really have any kind of production. There have been brief moments and spurts. Uh, last season, it was Ryder Anderson at the start of the year, or two seasons ago, excuse me. Last season, it was really nobody that, that did anything on the defensive line. You ha- you require a lot from your linebackers and secondary when your defensive line just can't really produce that pressure. Hopefully, with some added reinforcements, they're able to take a step forward, but it seems pretty clear that the Hoosiers were prioritizing getting some defensive line help. Nicholas Toomer, defensive back from Stanford, read a little bit about him. Sounds like he can play corner and safety, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's using the Husky position a bit. Uh, Jacob Magnum Farrar is a linebacker from Stanford. Uh, we'll see the degree to which he gets playing time. Obviously, Deshaun McCall is gone. Um Aaron Casey's gone. Cam Jones is gone. There's some pretty, there's a lot of snaps to be had in the middle of that defense this upcoming season. An interesting one that I did mention, I believe it happened last week. I saw it. I never mentioned it on here. Josh Sanguinetti is staying, which is as big a get as anybody in the transfer portal. He has experience with Tom Allen. He was a good player. He is a good player. And he'll bring some stability to a secondary that's going to have a lot of turnover this season. So, Sanguinetti staying. He entered the transfer portal and just returned to IU, which is always an option. It's just a seldom used one. But he entered the transfer portal. He returns to IU. There's still a couple of guys that have entered the portal and haven't made up their mind, though I don't really expect any of them to return Bazelak technically hasn't gone anywhere if IU really needs a quarterback maybe he comes back but I'd be surprised um Javon Swinton as well but most of the guys that have entered are gone Tuttle and AJ Barner to Michigan Chris Keys to Mississippi State Malachi Holt Bennett to UAB Charlie Spiegel the preferred walk-on is to Ball State um so Charles Campbell yeah to Tennessee I think I mentioned him but IU still has one really big hole that they have to fill in the quarterback position. And there isn't really any indication that they're uh, close to landing anybody or who they're even chasing right now. They've kept that very close to the vest. So as much as they've done this weekend to land some guys, there's still obviously one big question mark. We'll see if they're able to ever really answer that question. Um, it's hard to really even predict they said they wanted a dual threat guy outside of that. It's just guessing as to who they could be chasing. And there's been no reports or indications at all. If there are, we'll, we'll be here to, to keep you updated and, and give you as much insight as we can whenever Indiana does land that quarterback. But thank you guys for making locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back with you tomorrow to talk IU basketball, obviously, we got to break down this breakdown that IU is having and try to figure out if they can get themselves out of this rut. For your second listen, check out the brand new Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court, plus hear from the big name experts 
coaches and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube, wherever you guys listen to podcasts. Thank you to those of you that joined us for this live stream on Sunday. Like I've said, this is going to be more normal. I'm going to do it after every men's game and potentially after the women's games as well, depending on when the times line up. But I want to make this a more regular thing. So make sure you're following us on Twitter. We tweet out the link there. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube so you don't miss it over there. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to us at. Appreciate all the support, all the the chat. I believe I, I kept up with it as best as I could in this one. I'll, I try to answer questions when they come across. So uh, stop on in, ask some questions. And let's make this a conversation. Uh, that's what I always enjoy about this. Let's make it a conversation between us. But have a great Monday, guys. Have a great start to your week. As always, Elio.